All right. Let's talk about the B.C. government's crackdown now on Airbnb. Now, the government's new short-term rental rules kicking in on May 1st. This is putting a lot of Airbnb operators out of business, many of them now trying to sell their Airbnb units. Just one problem. Not a lot of people want to buy them. I've got Bill Thielman standing by to discuss. First, let's have a listen to one of these Airbnb operators here. This is Zoltan Soges here in Victoria. He bought a, a small condo, a micro condo, to run as an Airbnb. Government's changing the rules. He's trying to sell the place, having trouble finding a buyer. Have a listen. They've all walked away. Every single person who was looking at our unit was looking at it for short-term investment. So we've dropped our price by $50,000. I just don't support taking people's land rights away from them when there's direct financial consequences for it. Of course, though, the government is saying that these homes need to be put on the market for people who actually live here for long-term rentals. Let's discuss now with my guest, Bill Thielman. Bill is a veteran BC political strategist and campaigner, former Vancouver City Council candidate. Hey, Bill. Hey, Mike. It's a frosty Friday. It really is. We've gone into the freezer here for sure. I sure appreciate your time, Bill. So let's talk about this Airbnb. Like Hearing reports now, a lot of these Airbnb units going on the market here, but what's happening? Well, it looks like there's some fire sales going on, unfortunately. Uh, and we saw this story last night on Global TV. Uh, you know, one unit one unit is sold in this building, which was basically set up for Airbnb. Under the rules, it was totally legal, completely above board. And uh, asking price, something like four fifty, sold for 300000 So someone took, someone took more than a haircut. They had a shave. Uh, and, yeah. you know, there's uh, – and people just aren't buying. And you can see, uh, I mean, a 240-square-foot unit, uh, I could stay in it as a hotel, but I wouldn't want to live there for a few years, that's for sure. So, you know, the government, I mean, I know it has the best of intentions, but it's also taking uh, people who used the rules, presumed things were fine, didn't do anything wrong, thought it was a good investment for them, and uh, thought that they'd be able to rent it out for Airbnb or VRBO indefinitely. And now they're in a position where it's like you're out of luck. And, I, you know, I, I can't imagine this isn't going to end in some kind of lawsuit in the end of this. So it's unfair to them. Like for people who are playing by the rules, they bought one of these little micro lofts or a small condo to run it exclusively as an Airbnb, weren't breaking any rules, and along com- comes the government and changes the rules. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's not fair know, to them. There, there's no way around this. And, you know, uh, we've heard from the government. They've, they're saying, well, this is a government that's committed to, to more and more housing and not to in- housing as an investment. But uh, if that's the case, then, you know, let's just say it outright. Well, let's also say to foreign investors, you can't buy apartments and rent them out. Let's say to all sorts of people. I mean, because we're still building a lot of luxury condos in Vancouver and Victoria and Kelowna, all over the province, really. I mean, if you're going to say you can't buy more than one house, then say it straight up and, and let's deal with that and have a, have, you know, there's going to be an election over it, I guess, if that's the case. Well, it, the government, though, would probably look at this as a good thing. If these units are being put on the market and a lot of them are showing up in the market all at once and that's driving down the price, isn't that a, isn't that a good thing? This is what they're trying to achieve. They're trying to achieve more housing and if they're going at cheaper prices, isn't that a good thing? That's what they wanted. That's what they're trying well, to do. It, it, yeah, I don't, I don't know that it is, Mike, because if you can't 
if you can't use a small 240-square-foot unit as your permanent living space or at least temporary living space for, for months and years at a time, then, uh, you know, what's the, what's the point of it? And, I, you know, and I think, I think grandfathering uh, things in, uh, sunset clause, whatever, would be a better way to do, deal with some of these because these small units, you can't, you can't turn them into anything else. I mean, they are basically a hotel room with a, a bathroom and a sink and, and a bed. I don't know what else you can do. So, you know, I, I have some sympathy for people who made investments based on what they saw as the rules, that they were clear and there was no problem. And, uh, and when you change the rules, there's consequences. And I think you try, as a government, if you want to change the rules, then you have to try and help people get through that period where they're stuck. It's, it's just like the, you know, the SIBA the uh, COVID loans to businesses. You know, you've got to try and help people get through it. And then, uh, you know, you've got to phase it in or something and make sure it's not yeah. just a sudden shock to the system. Okay, I'm looking forward to the listeners' calls on that. Get set to call me on that one and tell me if you have any sympathy for these Airbnb operators now trying to unload these places here. Okay, let's talk a little federal political picture here, Bill. And Some new opinion poll has come out early in the new year. Again, more bad news for Justin Trudeau as he continues to trail Pierre Polyev and the federal conservatives badly here in these polls. Trudeau uh, now taking some heat over his family vacation in Jamaica and the shifting narrative on this one. Now, Trudeau originally saying that uh, the family would pay for this vacation themselves. Then it turns out it was a freebie from a family friend. This is very familiar. He vacationed in Jamaica the previous year. And again, there was a bill for taxpayers on that one, largely for RCMP security detail traveling with him. Let's listen to Polyev and Trudeau sparring over that one, uh, Trudeau's vacay problems here. Let's listen. $160,000 of taxpayer expenses for the Prime Minister to go down to the private villa, luxurious villa, of a super-rich Trudeau Foundation donor. Mr. Speaker, our family have been good friends with this family for about 50 years, and as always, uh, we work with the Ethics Commissioner to make sure that all rules are followed. Okay, so this, he continues to say, look, I didn't break any ethics rules, but one of the things I find surprising about Trudeau's decision-making here, Bill, for your thoughts, this kind of stuff, it just keeps coming up over and over again, just reinforces a lot of negative perceptions that people might already have about Trudeau, especially that he's a rich and privileged guy who seems to be out of touch with the concerns of, of average Canadians. When you're jetting away at these freebie vacations from rich friends, you know, we saw him get in trouble over the Aga Khan vacay. That one actually crossed the line on an ethics violation, according to the Ethics Commissioner. What, what is your analysis here of the situation that Trudeau's in here heading into a new year? Oh, man, I, I tell you, Mike, uh, I don't know uh, what's going on with Katie Telford and then people in the, <laughs> the prime minister's office. But, uh, I mean, if I was a staff person, I'd be on my knees begging him, please don't do this. Please don't yeah. go somewhere. And, you know, I, on a personal level, I wish I had that many rich friends offering me places to stay all sure. over the world that are warm, etc. Because I get to pay out of my pocket if I go anywhere. Uh, you know, and, and I don't begrudge the prime minister and his family a vacation. But the optics of this are just terrible yet again. And, you know, we saw the liberals on a bit of a of an increase in December before this broke. The conservatives have been ruling the roost for quite a while in the polls, but the liberals were making a comeback. Conservatives are down, and now we see from uh, from Abacus data, conservatives back at 41, liberals 24, NDP 18. So, uh, I mean, that's just again a disaster for for the liberals. So, you know, the the goal when you're down in the hole is to stop digging. 
and start getting out in politics or in anything else. And this is just going the wrong direction. I, I don't. I just. I don't understand what's going on in the prime minister's office. I suspect most liberal MPs are in the same boat as you and I, just scratching our heads and saying, "What are you doing?" Yeah, here we go again with one of these vacations here that becomes like another sort of eruption for him and a negative story at this time of year. It seems to happen every year. But what does Trudeau have to do to turn this around in 2024? Can he turn it around? Well, he can. I mean, he, you know, he, he, I mean, at one point we thought he was kind of Teflon, like nothing would stick to him and, and he went through all these things. But as it has gone past, uh, you know, now seven, eight years in power, they are increasingly, they are sticking. And, and I think people have, I mean, when you look at the polling, his disapproval rating, it just keeps going up and up and up. And at some point, I, I always say, Mike, in politics, it's like a rechargeable battery. If you can recharge it, recharge it, get back to normal. But if it gets too low, you got to throw it away. And I'm, I'm thinking the Liberals are getting perilously close to being at a point where their batteries with Trudeau won't recharge. And uh, I, I just don't know. But the number one thing they've got to do is stop making mistakes. I mean, you've you got to start showing people that you're in government for a reason, that you're doing things that people need. Uh, I mean, the first thing that they can do, and, and I suspect we'll talk about it next week, is uh, extend the SIBA uh, loan extension or deadline, uh, extend it into uh, another year or something, because there's all these businesses, oh. especially restaurants, that are facing potential bankruptcy because they can't pay it back without okay. uh, destroying their businesses. Okay, that deadline, yeah, the clock ticking on that one, uh, that deadline is next week. All right, let's finish up here, Bill, with the. Uh passing away of a guy that I know you admired very much, Ed Broadbent, the former leader of the federal NDP. He passes away at age 87. Let's go into the Wayback Machine here. Listen to then-NDP leader Ed Broadbent here going after Brian Mulroney on free trade here. Remember the, the Canada-U.S. free trade deal? Man, what a fight we had in Canada over that. Listen to Broadbent here in the House of Commons. For the first time in the history of this country, we have a man who is prime minister who has, without even being asked, volunteered Canada as membership in being the 51st United States. And we reject that perception of this country. Bill, your thoughts on Broadbent? Yeah. I know you knew him, right? I knew I knew Ed Broadbent. I worked uh, on his '84 campaign, like not closely, but uh, and I've known him since the '80s. Just uh, a really great guy. He was one of these people who you could walk into, you know, a, a union hall with blue collar workers, and he'd be completely comfortable. He could go to an academic conference next, he'd be comfortable. He was a professor, but he had the common touch, and he he really was uh, a very decent guy. And also, you know, Mike, he's one of the few people I can think of who has been active in politics since probably the 70s and uh when he i think he first became leader in the 70s and he was still doing stuff up until a couple of weeks ago doing interviews yeah he, he established the broadbent uh, institute uh, under his name to do research and promote social democracy and and he came back out of retirement uh when he was asked to and ran again as, and became an mp in ottawa after he'd done it in oshawa so just a, a, a lifetime commitment to social democracy and and somebody who we heard of the clip with brian mulroney well brian mulroney was the first people to the microphone to say Ed Bryant was a great guy when he passed away. So that, yeah. kind of, that kind of character is unusual in politics. Lots of phone calls here. Let's get right at it. Jackie and Delta. Hi, Jackie. Go ahead. Oh, hi. Yeah, I was just uh, listening in on with the rules changing for people with the Airbnb. And has anyone, you know, is there an opportunity to have a lawsuit to say this is unconstitutional 
What do you yeah, think, Bill? Interesting question, Jackie. I think, Mike, uh, you know, you look at it, and there are there are rights, uh, property rights in the Constitution. Uh, they're limited, and, of course, governments can do a lot of different things. And, you know, there's all sorts of lawsuits we've seen over, over various changes that government's made, and sometimes successful and sometimes not. I would be surprised, as I said, if there wasn't a lawsuit by the end of this. But And maybe it's Airbnb itself that takes it on on behalf of their uh, their their associates. Or could it be a class action? I mean, there's been yeah. a lot of people who have been uh, impacted by this, and, and a lot of people will not have any sympathy at all for someone yeah. who's an, an investment, a property investor, right? No, like how no, many, no, you know. but, but the flip side is this is great business for, uh, great great legislation for the hotel business, and, uh, you know, that, yes. that's the direct beneficiary here, too. Yeah. Jackie and Delta. Hi, Jackie. Go ahead. Oh, I already talked to Jackie. Sorry. Alex on the Queensboro Bridge. Hi, Alex. Hey, good morning, guys. You know, I was listening to the Simi show this morning, and they were saying um, something about discrimination. My point is, like, I don't own a second property, but the government got us into this situation, and I think if I did have a second property, I should be able to do with it what I want. I shouldn't be dictated by the, the government. If I want to rent it to Joe, I'll rent it to Joe or whatever, or if I want to make it into a, um, Airbnb, I should be able to do so. Yeah, th- thank you, Alex. Like, I've heard this argument, Bill, from people on just private property rights. Why should the government be allowed to tell me what I can do, do and can't do with my own, my own property? But the government has the right to regulate regulate business. I mean, you know, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, well, there's a balance of things here, Mike. I mean, if uh, at your house you decide there might be oil underneath and you want to put an oil rig on there and put a, <laughs> you know, start drilling, you can't. I mean, that's that's against the rules. Uh, but on the other hand, there's there's limits. And if the, the government says we're putting a highway through where your house is, then they're going to expropriate you and pay you a fair market value for your house. So there, there's limitations on all these things. You can't decide you're going to start a casino in your house or something or a, or a speakeasy. So there are all yeah. sorts of things we can't do already. But, you know, the same thing. I mean, it, it's similar here, you know, in Vancouver. I, I'm concerned because I don't want to have a, a 20-story high-rise next to my apartment and put me in permanent shade. But I don't, you know, I don't probably don't have a leg to stand on legally if that's what's happened if the zoning changes. And that's what you can do, you can do. So it, homeowners have uh, limited rights, I would have to say. Yeah. And, and, you know, the only other right you have is the right to vote and vote for a party that doesn't agree, if, uh, if sure. that's your position, of course. Sure. Daryl and Coquitlam. Hi, Daryl. Go ahead. Taking my call, Mike, you know, Canadians have always begrudged their political leaders, their prime ministers or premiers on such vacation trips. Susan Delacourt, the journalist, was was saying the other day that she was in the United States at exactly the same time Justin Trudeau was in Jamaica. President Joe Biden was staying at the estate of a very wealthy donor in Nantucket. Nobody talked about it. It wasn't plastered all over the newspapers. It wasn't on the talk shows. And, and Susan Delacourt said, it's because we've got nothing better to do in Canada but talk about where the Prime Minister of Canada vacations. <laughs> well, thank you for that. Well, I, I'm not sure if it's so much about where he vacations. It's, it's about who paid for it and if it's a perception, uh, at least a, at the very least, a perception of a conflict of interest when you're taking, you know, very expensive freebies from a, from a rich friend. But, Bill, you're 30 yeah, seconds. No, I mean, and it has gone to the conflict of interest commissioner. It did go in the past. I mean, I think it's a fairly toothless office, uh, in my opinion. But when you look at Joe Biden, the one big difference is millionaires and billionaires can give money to political parties and candidates. And we can't do that in Canada anymore. That was outlawed years 
years ago. So there's a significant difference there. But look, if if the prime minister or any prime minister goes to somewhere owned by a, a wealthy individual who has a business, and then that business is doing yeah. government business, it looks like heck. And okay. that's part of the problem. Bill, thanks for coming on today. My pleasure. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.